Okay, here we're going to talk about David Ricardo with respect to trade, growth and rent. Now David Ricardo, 1772 to 1823, provides an additional dimension of how trade and relative price will affect growth. In his book on the principles of political economy and taxation, Ricardo in 1817 dissects this economic concept with particular focus on rents and profits and wages which were applied to theories of land capacity and population. Rents are viewed as the difference between the produce obtained by the employment of two equal quantities of both capital and labour. So if land could be used for either cultivation, a price and quantity willing to be paid by a labourer, or for a residential purpose, a price and quantity willing to be paid by a household, the rent charge would be the difference between these two different land use options. At the forefront of Ricardo's thinking was a conclusion that land rent, the reward for owning land, grows as population increases. This would mean, with population growth, we see an increasingly concentrated urban area and a consequence which would involve the rise of rents of real estate values and a rise of rents of land used for consumption goods. This would generate, over a period of time, an increased appreciation in the value of property and the necessity goods such as food. So Ricardo was also instrumental in developing the concept of comparative advantage, where at a national scale we can see trade that increases economic growth as long as each nation had different relative costs for producing the same goods. He argued for comparative advantage as all nations could benefit from free trade even if a nation was less efficient at producing all kinds of goods than its trading partners. This could mean that if a developing nation had an abundance of low-cost materials for manufacturing goods, such as silicon, it could trade on this comparative advantage in order to rebalance its other resources of land, labour, capital, entrepreneurship that need appropriation or greater efficiency for economic development. So comparative advantage theory has various counterweight problems in that the type of advantage chosen will be formed to meet the needs of, say, the rich and powerful and not be necessarily a bilateral exchange. For instance, the type of comparative advantage chosen, such as a nation concentrating on silicon trading, may eventually have future value development gains through manufacturing silicon rather than just natural resource extraction. Although the nation may still be sort of subservient to other nations, as during this development shift, wealthier nations will be in a stronger trading position to purchase those manufactured silicon example parts for a higher value added sector. So this theory is further complicated in that different resources for comparative advantage will be desired during different phases of the development process. For instance, the trading advantages from steel during a global age of heavy manufacturing will be similar to the trading advantage of silicon during a digital revolution. However, the rules of trading and relative prices of commodities will be very different and in greater control of the more developed nations than in previous decades, especially if there's a greater inequality that exists between developed and developing nations. What is referred to as the Ricardian vice may ring true 
in that this rigorous logic does not always provide good economic theory and as a result we might need to seek alternative theories. So there we go. So that's some of the Ricardo, David Ricardo type thinking with respect to trade, growth and rent and particular focus there on comparative advantage.